Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. If I'm talking about Thursday Night Football, you probably know it's not a good thing. All right, so the question going into last night's game was, how good are the Baltimore Ravens? It's something I did touch on on the NFL Today on CBS. How good are the Baltimore Ravens? That was the question going into last night's game. Like, are they Super Bowl good? Because the fact is, they were 6-2. and two. They easily could have been 7-1, and one, handled their business last night in South Florida, and then they're tied for the best record in the AFC, and then they've got a great look at that lone bye in the AFC. So they're all important, but even if they're going up against a clubber or a tomato can or a scrub, there are no locks, so they're all important. There are no locks. There is no such thing as a lock, especially in the NFL. But I figured Ravens v. Dolphins was the lock of the week. If there's no such thing as a lock, that is the closest thing to a lock. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I felt really good about the outcome of that game. Then again, I knew the Ravens were good coming in. The question was, how good? And now the question coming out of last night's game was the hell was that? The hell was that? A team that is allegedly the AFC's best just got curb stomped by a two-win Dolphin squad. The hell was that? That 22-10 score does not begin to do justice to all the garbage that the Ravens just put on tape. Garbage. It was that bad. It was that embarrassing. And I'm not even sure what was worse how Baltimore played, or the fact that I had to watch it start to finish. And as always, if they didn't pay me to watch that game, I absolutely would have found something better to do. Because everything else was better than having to sit through that garbage. Garbage. Life is bleeping short. And those are three hours of my precious life. My masterpiece life that I will never get back. Because that was the epitome of garbage Thursday night football. Yes, I know what we're getting on Thursday. I know what we signed up for. I know we get a bunch of guys who want nothing to do with that game. They really have no business even trying to play that game. I know that. And I know inevitably they're going to play like that. I get it. I know this. But that was so much worse than any of that. Again, if I had a different job and a different career, man, I flipped that bullcrap off at halftime. It's six to three. I'd go hang out with my family, read a book, get in a workout, anything other than watching that abomination. Hey, don't get it twisted now. I do have the best job in the world. But for three hours last night, it felt like the worst job in the world. It was just so typical that the only good thing about that game was ripped from us. And if you were brave enough, tough enough, courageous enough, or you had action to watch the entire game, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Miami offensive lineman Robert Hunt attempting to go legend. Tungavailoa, deep drop, fading, catches me, (laughs) rumbling for the end zone. Robert Hunt, a flag on the play. It's illegal touching. He lined up at right guard. You can't throw him the ball. And Hunt goes airborne <laughs> with the extension. He scored. He scored. What is, is going un- on here? Unbelievable. 
That was crazy <laughs> athletic. It's fun, it's just not legal. <laughs> but he did that so naturally. He caught that and ran with it like it was designed for him. He must have played running back in high school. He, he caught it and followed the block and dove in. That was incredible. Now we got something exciting and fun. My dude, Ross Tucker. This is why I love Ross Tucker. He nailed that. He absolutely nailed that call. And everything he said about that was accurate and true and fair and right. I mean, that was not just a fat guy touchdown. There are fat guy touchdowns, and then there are what that was, a big athletic man touchdown. And, of course, it was not a touchdown. It was called back because of some stupid rule that keeps big men from taking over games like that and saving the night. A stupid rule, and it sucks because my man's got hands, and my man's got moves. Did you see him once he got the ball in his hands? Did you see him in the open field? Big fella is a Y-A-C machine. He looked like Barry Sanders if Barry Sanders got crossed with a Mack truck. He looked like John Elway helicoptering on the goal line. My man's out here dropping moves, blowing past defenders, lowering his shoulder, and taking on multiple defenders and diving for the end zone. It was freaking brilliant. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. No less authority than Charles Woodson tweeted, quote, man, big fella own that moment. That's the truth. And so is what Jarvis Landry tweeted. Jarvis Landry is still playing. Jarvis Landry is a big play guy. He tweeted, quote, play of the year, exclamation point. Hate to correct you, Juice, but correction, play of a lifetime. And of course, because everything sucked last night, those nerds in the striped shirts had to call it back for illegal touching. Let me tell you something, man. That is so awful. That is so wrong. That's just a case of trying to keep the big man down. Hey, yo, Robert, that's a touchdown in my book. Do not let the haters get you down because they've got nothing better to do than hate. They have nothing better to do than hate, and no one is better than you, big dog. Speaking of haters, don't get me wrong. I'm not crushing the Ravens for losing a game. I'm crushing them for losing that game. And for how they lost that game. No Super Bowl contender can lose to a two-win team and still call itself a Super Bowl contender. No Super Bowl contender can lose that game the way they lost that game and still call themselves a Super Bowl contender. Because Miami's defense kept blitzing them and Baltimore had absolutely no response. How many times do we hear over and over and over again, such a well-coached football team, such a great head coach, you know, I, I actually kind of believe it, sort of. Just not nearly as much after last night because there was no adjustment whatsoever. Miami, and by the way, Miami came in with a garbage defense. A garbage, garbage. defense. Garbage. So what does Miami do? Man, they got nothing to lose. They're garbage, and they know they're garbage. garbage. So because they have nothing to lose, they send the house over and over and over again, and Baltimore does not do a damn thing about it. Miami came in with the 30th-ranked defense in the league, but the Ravens made them look like the 85 Bears, a defense that was dead last in the league only a few weeks back. And they had a short week to get ready for Lamar Jackson. 
and they absolutely dominated that game. They just kept smashing the blitz button, and Baltimore just stood back, and they took it passively over and over and over again. Miami sent 24 defensive back blitzes. That's the most by any team since 2015, and it worked damn near every time. Like, how does that happen? After about a dozen, a baker's dozen even, worth of DB blitzes, maybe you try to work something up to stop it, maybe you try something different, but Baltimore couldn't or they wouldn't, and they just stood there seeing Miami blitz and doing nothing about it. No response. Two for 14 on third down against a defense that has not been able to get off the field all season long. Not even once. Baltimore had beaten Miami by average of more than 40 in their last three games. Yet they show up in prime time with everybody watching against a sorry Dolphins team, and they take an enormous dump in their pants. You have a big dump in your pants. All of them. The coaches, the players, everybody. But it wasn't just the defense that blasted the Ravens. It was the fact that the Dolphins lost their starting quarterback, who's really their backup, and had to replace him with their starter, who was really their backup. And then that guy got hurt, and they still beat the Ravens. Like, Miami's made the last few months perfectly clear to anybody that they would happily kick Tua to the curb. And this guy comes off the bench with a jacked-up digit and still manages to beat the so-called vaunted Ravens defense. Baltimore gave up two 50-yard plays to a team that had not had a single 50-yard play all season long. Did you hear what I just said? They gave up two 50-yard plays to a team that didn't have one all season long. Understandably, John Harbaugh was not happy that they all took a collective dump in their pants. I'll coach this. I'll play this. Bottom line is this falls squarely on, on me as a head coach. We were not prepared the way we need to be prepared. Our schemes weren't up to snuff, and we weren't, uh, we weren't prepared to execute the way we needed to. So that's it. Not on one player. Our players played their hearts out. They did everything they could to be prepared, and we just weren't ready. That's on me. No, you weren't. I mean, credit for owning it, Coach, but no, you weren't. The only thing they were ready for was to go to the sideline, huddle up, and take a big dump in their pants. You have a big dump in your pants. Man, that was bad. Not all on him. Glad that he owned it, but anybody in Ravens gear last night had something to do with that collective dump in their pants because nobody had a single answer. They go down to Miami. They puke all over themselves. They take an enormous dump in their pants. You have a big dump in your pants. And then they leave it there, and then they get on the airplane, and they fly back. And I thought that my last flight smelled badly. If it sounds like I'm pissed and that I'm taking it personally, it's because I'm pissed and I'm taking it personally. Like, what did they do to you, Rome? They made me watch the entire game. And a part of me did die last night. A part of me died watching that game. And during that game, while a part of me died, there were a couple of moments where I wish all of me died. So let me just say this. When the owners do meet in the offseason, there should be a couple of things on the agenda. Number one, get rid of that taunting nonsense. Number two, free Robert Hunt. Why don't we start that hashtag? 
Free Odell. Hashtag Free Odell is done. Let's start a new one. Free Robert Hunt. And listen, NFL purist dork. I know what you're going to say. I can feel your rage all the way here in my studio. Hey, hey, it's illegal touching. He's not an eligible receiver. He's a guard. He has to declare himself eligible to the refs before the play. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. You want my response? My response is the only thing that Robert Hunt should be declaring is who he wants to hand the ball to after he takes it to the house. And after watching that game, the only one who should not be eligible to touch the ball is Hollywood Brown. Yes, I'm pissed. You can access content from over 59 different countries by changing your virtual location with one click. With NordVPN, you can be anywhere in the world virtually and access content from those regions. If you're outside the U.S., you still have access to all U.S. streaming services. You'll never miss your favorite show again. It is so easy to use, too. You might hear people say that VPNs have a reputation for slowing down your internet speed, but not with NordVPN because it is the fastest VPN in the world. And you don't have to sacrifice internet speed for better security. With NordVPN, internet traffic is routed through a secure, encrypted tunnel which protects your data and privacy. You can also have NordVPN on up to six devices so all your devices are protected. Go to nordvpn.com slash roam or use the code roam, exclusive podcast code, and get up to 73% off NordVPN plan plus a bonus gift. Be quick. Because this offer is for a limited time only. That's NordVPN.com slash Rome or just use the code Rome. Youngway Koo is my guest. Youngway, good to have you on. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? Good. You good. It's great to have you. Listen, I know you've already shifted your focus to Sunday's game against Dallas, but if you could, can you go back to last Sunday for a moment? You had the game-winning field goal to beat the Saints, of course. Can you take me through it? Like, I'm really curious, what kind of thoughts and emotions do you have right before the kick? Um, right before the kick, I mean, you know, I'm just thinking about my swing thoughts, um, my, my process that I have to go through to, uh, to make the kick. Um, so I'm just worrying about my, you know, my steps, my angle to the ball and just worrying about that, that kind of stuff. All right. So you've got this process and you've got this mindset. The team had an 18 point lead earlier in the fourth quarter. And then of course the saints come storming back. Everybody knew everything was going to ride on that kick. I mean, a division win, a chance to get to 500, big, big stakes. I mean, you sound really even keel about it, but how good did it feel to get that win? I mean, it was it was huge to uh, get a win down there. And I mean, it's the Saints, it's a rivalry. It's always going to be a hard-fought game. Um, but as soon as we got that ball, I knew we were going to go down there. Our offense did a great job of getting in the field goal range and, you know, having the coach believe in the field goal unit to put us out there to, you know, have a walk-off field goal, it's, you know, it was huge. Right, so I think that's something that's big right there. Young Waiku is joining us. You mentioned the coach having confidence in you. After the game winner against Miami, your coach said that his heart rate was the same on the kick as it would have been on a regular play in the second quarter because you've done this time and time again because you're so clutch. Obviously, you've earned that confidence and the respect for the job you've done, but what's it mean to have a head coach who's got your back like that? Oh, it's huge. You know, when you have a coach having your back like that, um, it just makes the job that much easier. Um, You know, obviously having 
great snapper and great holder um, that we do. It helps a big time too. Um, having the confidence in those guys and they make my job easier too. I mean, it just all goes together. So it's it's a team sport, you know. And I'm just grateful for all the all the teammates that I got and the coach just having the confidence in me. Young Wei Koo is joining us. Now, if you were to go way back, you've got an amazing journey, actually, to get to this spot. The story goes that you were a soccer player growing up, and then when you're in sixth grade, your friend John invites you out to play some football at recess. You kick off to start the game. John told ESPN, quote, I bleep you not. It was straight out of the sandlot, straight out of a sports movie. The ball flew over the field that we were playing in and over the fence. It was like, oh, my God, you have to play football. So is that essentially how that went down? How do you remember that day? Yeah, it was uh, pretty much like that. I mean, I came here from Korea in middle school, and I didn't speak English. So sports was my kind of gateway to uh, the culture and learning the new language and kind of throwing myself out there to make friends and stuff. And that was a huge moment for me. And uh, I guess in my middle school self, you know, social world. All right, so when did you first start thinking that, you know what, Kicking could be something that might earn me a scholarship. Kicking might be a way for me to get a job and a career. Um, Honestly, uh, me and my parents, we didn't know that. Uh, Football was new to us. Um, We grew up, I grew up playing soccer and, um, and I just fell in love with football, like just the physicality of it and everything. And I was just having fun playing football. And when my middle school coach told my dad, hey, like, he has a future in this, my dad was like, what are you talking about? He's just kicking a football. Like, what, you know, so um, I'm thankful for the coach to, you know, educating us um, and what might happen or what could have been. So, um, you know, that's, that's how we got into it. That's a great story. Your dad's like, wait, what? I, I can, he can it's earn like a living kicking a, football? kicking a football? What do you mean he can that, uh, make a living out of it? That's <laughs> awesome. Young Wei Koo is joining us. That is really funny. So you had a great career at Georgia Southern. You beat out Josh Lambeau for the job at the Chargers. You go viral for a video where you did a backflip and kicking a field goal. Then the team gets off to an 0-4 start. You miss a few kicks, and suddenly you're unemployed. What was that experience like? It was uh, everything. Um, it taught me a lot about myself and um, a, a lot about myself as a kicker. Um, without that experience, um, I wouldn't be where I am today and who I am today. Um, it was, at the time, really tough. But looking back at it, it was definitely a necessary lessons. all the lessons that I learned that helped me uh, become who I am today. All right, so that's interesting because at that point, you also connected with one of the all-time great kickers, somebody that I used to have on the show way back in the day, lots and lots of times, John Carney, like quality, quality individual, great, great kicker. What was the process like for you and that time that you spent with him? How beneficial was that to you? It was big. Um, you know, he kicked in the NFL for 24 years, and I, I thought at the time, like, what better person to learn from than a guy who did it for over two decades? Um, so I really, you know, dove into the craft of kicking and learning, um, picking his brain on the different scenario situations that he might have seen or gone through so that when I get a different chance, I was ready to, you know, attack that with all the preparation that I was putting through. Because, you know, when I first got to the Chargers after my after Georgia Southern, I was I was a rookie. You know, you, you don't even know who you are at that time. I was 23, 24. You know, you're trying to figure yourself out not only as a kicker, but as a person. And it was a lot of it. 
Um, and I just, you know, dove into the craft and just learning the craft and figuring out how to be uh, an NFL kicker. That is such good stuff. And it's even bigger than learning how to be an NFL kicker. I'm curious about this. The story also goes that you gave yourself three years after you left college to make it to the NFL. But then in late 2018, you would not play in a live game for more than a year. So at that point, how did you maintain that hope and that vision and that belief in yourself when things were not going well at that time? It was really tough. I would say um, so far, you know, professionally, that had to be the toughest time that I've gone through um, because you can only control so much and you're just waiting for that phone call for a workout or tryout, um, whatever that may be, and you're just staying ready um, with so many unknowns. Um, but it taught me a lot, though. You know, I, you know, it was really tough, but um, I just stay ready. Um, so... Whenever that time came, I was ready. And, and it did. You stayed ready. You stayed the course. And then you get a shot with the Atlanta Legends in the Alliance of American Football. You were a perfect 14 for 14. And then suddenly NFL teams are once again interested. In October 2019, you get a look from the Patriots. Then you end up with the Falcons. And you were perfect in your first game with them. I mean, you laid this out. Having gone through the, dark, the tough times, the dark times, how good did it feel to stay that course, put in the work, and get back into the NFL? What was that like? It was it was a great feeling, but at the same time, I was um, in the mindset of like I'm just getting started. Like this isn't where my end game is. I want to be, you know, the ultimate goal is to stay in the league and be be the best, right, at what you do. So that was kind of the mindset that I still have, and I, I was at. So I wasn't like you know necessarily satisfied with that one good game because. I understand how this goes in this league, that it's a production business and it's what have you done for me lately. So it's just a constant improvement, looking to improve, you know, each and every game and every day. And that was just kind of the mindset that I had. Is that still the mentality? Like, what have you done for me lately? Even after you were named to the Pro Bowl, do you still have that mentality? No doubt. I think I'll have the mentality until I'm done playing. Um, I, I think that's one of the perspectives that I have gained after my rookie year is that no matter who you are, you're, you know, never good enough to uh, get comfortable and never be, you know, satisfied, kind of that attitude. And because, you know, how, you know, fickle this kicker position can be in this NFL, you see, you know, guys having a great one year and then, you know, next year it's not as good and whatnot. So I try to avoid those, you know, roller coaster rides. I try to just stay consistent and stay in that growth mindset so that I can just continue to grow. Dude, I love that. I love the growth mindset. We always talk about the growth mindset. What is, in fact, Eric Wood is a former NFLer who I have on another podcast, which is a whole different deal. But we were talking yesterday about growth mindset. What's that mean to you, having a growth mindset, and how critical is it? It is, I think, very important. I mean, to me, it is no matter how good it's going, how bad it's going, you got to stay neutral and stay, get the emotional out of it and just stay the course and stick to that foundation because I can have a great game and you can ride the highs, but what are you going to do when you have a bad game? You, can't, you don't want to ride the lows too long. So if you have a gay, good game, you, you have a bad game, 24 hours go by, you let that drop and you move on to the next and you see what you can improve from you know the even good kicks i there's always room for improvement so even the bad ones definitely there's room for improvement so just staying that foundation and just staying with that course 
sounds to me like also it's partly the practice of detachment. You have to learn how to detach, and that's not an easy thing to do. Let me ask you really quickly before you go about your quarterback, Matt Ryan. He was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Back in the offseason, there was talk about the team maybe moving on from him. What do you make of the job that he's done this year? I mean, he's done a he's been in the league for this long and he's been, you know, the top of the league for a long time. And, you know, I, I we have all the faith in him and he's done a great job as we expected. Atlanta is four and four. They've got another big one. They're at Dallas on Sunday. Their kicker is a pro bowler. He's coming off another big game. He had the game winner. Young way. Koo, my guest young way. Great to have you on. Appreciate your thoughts. Appreciate your story and really good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Let's take a moment and talk about WinBet, the latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sports book and digital casino app. So whether you're playing money lines for NFL Week 10, totals for college football Week 11, or both, WinBet has you covered. Are you looking for other sports? WinBet has that too. It's all right there for you with your WinBet app. WinBet is also fully integrated with Win Rewards. That means by playing WinBet, you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at Win Resorts, discounted hotel stays, priority dining and entertainment, free merch. It really is the best loyalty program in the industry. So go ahead and call it a win-win. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you've absolutely got to sign up for WinBet as quickly as possible. Bet with the very best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so remember when everybody was trying to predict where Odell Beckham Jr. was going to sign? Do you remember that? I don't. Because after all that talk, all that speculation about New Orleans, Kansas City, New England, Green Bay, pretty much every other team, he ends up signing with the Rams. And like any great plot twist, it's one that we all should have seen coming, but nobody did. And yet, he was set to fly to L.A. this morning to make it official and sign with the Rams. Because of course he is. Because of course everybody is. The L.A. Rams are the new default answer for any trade or any free agent move. When Les Snead and Sean McVay pulled off that enormous move for Matthew Stafford, I said they were all in, and they were. And then when Von Miller came to the Rams, I said they were all in, and they were. And now that Beckham is coming to the Rams, I don't even have the words anymore. Like, I'm all out of words. I can't call them all in anymore because they're way beyond that at this point. Like they've gone to this whole new level of all in-ness. After the Miller deal, one Rams source told The Athletic that the team was, quote, using the last bullet in their chamber, end of quote, to win a Super Bowl in L.A. But apparently they found another box of ammo. Again, there's so few organizations in sports that really want to win. Let me repeat that. There are so few organizations in sports that really want to win and really are willing to do anything and everything it takes to win. What you have are a lot of teams that are happy to look like they're trying to win. But what it is really is fake hustle. It's fake hustle. It's like sliding into first base headfirst. 
It's fake hustle. They'll make a few moves here and there, maybe nibble around the edges a little bit. They'll try to say to you that they're in win-now mode, but in reality, it's money-now mode. And if we happen to win, that's great. But we're not in win-now mode. We're in make-money-now mode. The Rams, on the other hand, are not like that. They're not that team. Win now does not begin to do them justice. All in does not begin to do them justice. What's more urgent than win now? They're like win, win in yesterday mode. They're in win everything yesterday mode. They had already put every last possession they had on the table with Von Miller. And now they're, I mean, I don't know what, taking out loans? to get even more on the table with OBJ. And I understand they didn't have to give up draft capital to get him. And I understand the Browns are paying most of the salary. But they still were going to do whatever they had to do to get this guy. Like Les Snead can't trade picks away fast enough. Most GMs collect and hoard picks because it means job security, not less. To quote Robert Woods, quote, as Les says, Bleep them picks. To which I would add, get ready to give them hands. Man, I love it. I love it. I loved it. I said so on the NFL Today on CBS when they made that deal for Von Miller. I said, that's how we do it in Hollywood, baby. I love it. I love it. And even in this Beckham deal where they did not have to give up any picks, it would not surprise me if Les said, hey, you know what? Here's a seventh Just take it. I don't want it. I'm not going to use it. Take it. I don't want any draft picks, man. Somehow the Rams went even more all in than they were. And it's awesome. Because this is now a city of Mookie Betts, LeBron, Max Scherzer, AD, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, and more. All guys who made their names elsewhere but wanted to come to L.A., Now, the most hack and cheesy thing ever is to say this is a city of stars, but that's exactly what it is. So then the question, is Odell still a star? I mean, he is in terms of buzz and attention and it. I mean, that's a whole hell of a lot of attention, isn't it? For a guy who has 17 receptions this season. That's a hell of a lot of attention for a guy who's currently tied for 146th in the NFL in receptions. Hell, the 49ers fullback has as many receptions as OBJ and more receiving touchdowns. And it's not like it's a one-year thing either. This guy's got a total of 40 receptions in the last two years. QB1 attention to a guy with journeyman numbers, right? But the Rams still wanted him. More importantly, the Rams players wanted him. Jalen Ramsey, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, all among the guys on a speakerphone yesterday recruiting Beckham. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Here comes the hard part. Because Odell has not been Odell since 2019. Odell really has not been the transcendent superstar Odell since 16. You know, the freak who was torching defenses, humiliating DBs, making one-handed catches, going viral, 
you know, being that superstar, being transcendent on and off the field. You know, that dude, yeah, that dude was a long, long time ago. So the question is, can he come back, that guy, or any part of him? And if part of Odell's complaint was that he was not getting enough targets in Cleveland, how is it going to work in L.A. where he's playing behind the league's leading receiver in Cooper Cup? Obviously a guy that Matthew Stafford loves. The two of them are on the same page. And then on top of that, they've got one of the best number two receivers in Robert Woods. And then you've got Van Jefferson, and then you've got Tyler Higbee. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Deshaun Jackson just walk out the door because there were not enough targets for him? Jackson. And didn't Odell force his way out the door because there were not enough targets for him in Seatown? And now Odell's going to be fine with that? And Odell's dad is going to be fine with that? And LeBron is going to be fine with that? And Odell's dad, Splicer, is going to be fine with that? Yeah, I don't know. Because make no mistake, Odell needs the Rams more than the Rams need Odell. They're already 7-2. and two. Their Super Bowl odds didn't even really change at all with the move. That should tell you something else. Now, if they win the Super Bowl, it's worth it. It'll all be worth it. And that might mean, and to me, this is really key. I hope Odell gets this. That might mean that they only need a crucial reception or two from Odell at some point. From a Rams perspective, Odell might not be as good as he once was, but they don't need him to be as good as he once was. They just need him to help keep defenses honest by being a threat over the top. If that's all this guy does, that might still be a win for the Rams. But would that work for Odell? That's my question. Because he needs this badly. He needs to show up and prove that he can still be Odell. He needs to prove that that time in Cleveland was a bust because of injuries and the offensive scheme. And the other thing he's got to prove, he has to prove that he can check his ego at the door. That he can accept a role. That he can make it so it's not all about him. Like he made it in New York. Like he made it in Cleveland. Because that bleep won't play with the Rams. He has to know that. His dad has to know that. His dad's splicer has to know that. LeBron has to know that. They all need to know that. He's got the quarterback he always wanted. He's got the coach he always wanted. He's got a great scheme. He just has to know he's not option one. And probably not even option two. And that he's not going to get 15 targets a game. He'll be lucky to get one-third of that. If he knows that, and he makes the most of them when they do happen, maybe he gets a ring, maybe he gets his rep back. But if this dude starts sulking, and Pops starts sharing and posting, that will be career suicide for a former superstar. Remember, dude, you need them more than they need you. Stay down, fit in, get a ring, prove your point. But act out, shut it down, have dad get to sharing, and then you prove everybody else's point. This can work if you're self-aware enough and you accept your role because all those guys you're joining have all accepted their roles, man. They all know. You need to know. Clones, what do we do when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Let me answer that by telling you what we don't do. We don't reach for a bar or a sugary snack or an energy drink. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where is the beef? 
It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Nope. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. Old Trapper is in a clear view bag so you can see the quality you're buying. So look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? He is Daniel Jeremiah. DJ, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing great, Jim. How you doing, man? Good, dude. Good. Listen, really quickly, you and I have a shared passion that you may not even know about because I myself did not know about it, but it is our respect and our appreciation of one of the most underrated movies ever, Trading Places. Dude, how good is that flick? Uh, that's a solid flick, man. Um, I can I can go back and watch that anytime. Uh, I, I've got like kind of a weird collection of, of movies that I'm I'm into, Jim, and it goes across all different spectrums. But you've got that, and then you've also got uh, Ferris Bueller and A Few Good Men. I don't know if there's any connection between any of them, but um, th- those are all good to me. Yeah, no, I, I just always loved that movie. I always thought that movie was great, and I'm just glad to see somebody else who feels the same way. So we had to get the important stuff out of the way. Daniel Jeremiah <laughs> joining us, and you are right, and I'm right about that. Listen, there's a lot of stuff to hit on, but let me ask you about last night's game. DJ, what was your reaction when you saw Miami's defense, which came in ranked 30th overall, if I'm not mistaken, giving Baltimore's offense all the trouble they did all night long? Yeah, and they did it literally the same thing every snap. Um, you know, Bucky, myself, Joy Taylor, we were calling that for Amazon on that on that uh, scout feed, and we're Bucky and I were just like they're they're literally just in zero every play. I mean, they are they are bringing one more than they can block. They're putting their the DBs at about seven eight yards, knowing the ball's coming out quick, and they're just going to drive and make every single tackle. Um, and they did it the entire game, and the Ravens had absolutely no answer for it. So. Um, you know, that was uh, that was definitely a blueprint, I think, that the Miami Dolphins laid out that the Ravens are going to have to prove they can beat. But it was nice to see Miami w- with a defense. Their numbers didn't match their talent. They got way too many talented dudes to be as bad as they were defensively, and I think they're finally starting to figure that out. Daniel Jeremiah joining us. All right, so what about the other side of the ball from Miami? Tua comes off the bench. He shows up really well. Despite the finger injury, it sure seems like Miami was very, very interested in dealing for Deshaun Watson. So overall, where does that leave Tua? What does his future look like to you? Jim, at the combine, we always would talk about the uh, conversation upgrade, folks. So you know we've all been there, right? Somebody's talking to you, but the whole time they're looking over your shoulder to find somebody more important. Uh, like the Dolphins have been doing that to Tua ever since he got there. You know whether it was in and out of the lineup with Fitzpatrick, this whole thing with Deshaun Watson. I don't know how he can feel like they believe in him. They've given him no evidence that that's the case. Um, so I give a kid a lot of credit for for being mentally tough. Um, in a game where they say you're healthy enough to play but not healthy enough to start to come off the bench and, and kind of make those three or four plays he needed to make in that game. It was a defensive-dominated game, but Tua made the, the three throws he had to make. So 
I was happy for him, but under no illusions that he's going to be their quarterback next year. That's a great analogy you just made. Daniel Jeremiah is joining us. All right, speaking of quarterbacks, Cam Newton, DJ, is back with the Panthers. What's your sense as to what he has left? And then how do you like the way he fits with this version of the Panthers? I'm curious. I'm curious to see what he looks like. Um, You know, this is kind of a ball-out quick offense with Joe Brady. Um, You know, I – I'm curious to see how that works. I don't think it was, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a similar setup to what there was in New England. It wasn't a great match for him. Um, but I think when you factor in just being back in Carolina, the, the, how comfortable that's going to make him, how confident he is. Um, I, I, you know, I think we'll see a little bit better version of Cam than we saw with New England, but I'm, you know, I don't think we're going to see anything close to what we saw, you know, from the MVP year, you know, that type of a player, but Sam, and I love Sam, Jim, you remember this when we talked about, coming into the draft I was I was high on Sam Darnold and I thought he had a chance to be really good um that's not happening so the bar has been set pretty low for Cam I think that's a, a good place for him as well I agree with you Daniel I'm far be it for me to say I agree with you because I certainly don't have that kind of pedigree like your pedigree but I agree with you I mean I thought Sam I had really high expectations for him coming out and it hasn't worked out for him let me ask you this you and Bucky we're talking about this on your podcast, and I want to preface it by saying, I know you're not looking to get Matt Rule's name out there, but if you had to look at it, Daniel, what's the better job, head coach of the Carolina Panthers or head coach at LSU? We had a good debate about it, man. Um, you know, I think he's making like $9 million a year with the Panthers. You don't have to deal with any of the recruiting stuff, which to me would be a more attractive job than, than going to college, but... When you look at LSU and the chance to go there and win at the highest level um, and chase national championships, I just think, I think, in my opinion, you're, the distance for you to travel from taking the LSU job to winning a championship is a lot shorter than the distance uh, you are from a Super Bowl there in Carolina. So that would make that pretty alluring. And I think, you know, the folks down in Baton Rouge, I don't, I don't know if there's a uh, – a Baton Rouge Bezos, but there's somebody down there with a bunch of money that's going to throw at him if, if he would do it, I would imagine. I think it's a really interesting conversation, and it's not a no-brainer, and it's not cut and dry. I think there's an actual debate and a really good conversation. All right, speaking of that region of the country, what about the arrival of Odell Beckham? He does not go to the Saints. He goes to the Rams. I mean, everybody seems pretty shocked. I am a little bit shocked. Were you, and then what do you make of that fit for him and for them? Yeah, one of those things, Jim, where initially you're like, what? And then you take it in and you're like, oh, of course. Yeah, like this is kind of what Les has done. Uh, Les Snead has gone out and gone after kind of marquee names and marquee players. And even if they aren't, you know, Von Miller's not necessarily what Von Miller was a few years back. He's still a really good football player that you can try and keep him fresh and then he can really help you once you get to the postseason. I, I think kind of a similar thing for Odell. I don't know the expectations will be very high over his first few weeks. But if they can get him up and running and he can make kind of a similar impact for the Rams in the postseason that, that we saw from Antonio Brown with the Bucks, I think that's kind of, uh, you know, that's kind of what you're hoping for there. My concern with the Rams, though, you know, hasn't really changed, Jim, and that they've played two really physical teams in the Arizona Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans, and they both those teams just kicked them in the teeth. 
and, and I don't think Odell Beckham's going to help block Jeffrey Simmons. So that those issues for me with the Rams still exist. I think that's really interesting right there in and of itself. So one more thought about Odell. Like, you saw him during the Browns-Chargers game, and you also just yeah. said that, like, if he has any kind of impact like Antonio Brown had with Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown, DJ, is still playing at a really high level. Like, when you look at Odell and you look at the struggles he had in Cleveland, in your opinion, how much of those struggles were about scheme and then how much were about the quarterback and then how much were about Odell himself? I think you can distribute it pretty evenly. You know, you mentioned that game with the Chargers. I mean, there's a fourth and two in that game, and they they scheme it up and get Odell on a shallow cross, and Baker Mayfield hit him in the face mask and he dropped it. So, um, you know, he's had some opportunities that he hasn't necessarily cashed in. But it's it's a it's a run heavy team, kind of how they're built. It's a physical team. Um, I think the style of play, even though you could say the offenses in terms of scheme are a little bit similar between Cleveland. Um, and the Rams, I just think there's just a different commitment to being a physical team in Cleveland versus being a, a passing team uh, with the Rams. So I think that'll suit him better. Stafford's as good a thrower as there is, so you, I think he's made an upgrade there from the quarterback position. But I, I, I think I would caution everybody to think that 2016 Odell Beckham's walking through that door. I don't know if that guy still exists. Got a few more moments with Daniel Jeremiah. When you talk about a commitment to being physical, did you think that – Arizona, well, are they committed to being physical? And did you think that you would ever say that about the Cardinals? Jim, uh, this will probably discredit anything I ever say going forward, but I think that I have picked the Cardinals to lose like eight of their nine games this year. So, wow. Uh, I, I just, I've been so reluctant to buy in, and it's, I'm an idiot because they keep showing you over and over again that this is not kind of just a, a high-flying finesse texas tech 2.0 team like this team has got some a physical presence to it uh really on defense and i think james connor has brought that element to their offense so i'm i'm a i'm a late uh, arriver here uh, on the arizona cardinals but they've given me no choice but to buy in but dude, mean, they'll just, break your face right they'll punch you in the oh face that's gosh. a physical team yeah i mean they did it to the tennessee titans early in the year that should have been kind of the the wake-up call because there's certain teams that you you just don't see get pushed around like that. The Titans, you know, they're going to lose some games, but you're not, how many people are going to push them around? Um, the Arizona Cardinals just kind of went in there and punked those guys. So, um, yeah, that, it, it's very real. DJ, what about the Pats? They're 5-4, and four, and after a 1-3 and three start to the season, and some of those losses I've talked about were close games that were very winnable. What has Mac Jones shown you over the course of the season? He's somebody that I think the more you watch, the more you appreciate. I don't know that you look at him on paper and in the box scores and you really get all that excited about it. Ah, they're winning games. He's not really doing anything. And then when you see him play, as I saw him play live you know, in L.A., you're like, dude, this guy processes so fast and gets the ball out so quick and then just lets his guys you know, try and make plays for him. You know, He's not ultra-aggressive pushing the ball down the field, does it a couple times a game, uh, but he's doing exactly – what that offense, you know, demands of the quarterback is make quick decisions, protect the football. Um, so I think he's kind of an acquired taste that the, the more you study him, the more you watch him, the more you appreciate him. And I think this New England Patriots team, Jim, when you look at defensively what they're doing, um, they have kind of figured things out as they're going along. I mean, they, they've made Justin Herbert look kind of average. Obviously, Sam Darnold never plays well against them. He had a really rough day. Um, so they're, uh, they're a defense that makes life very difficult. 
Daniel Jeremiah, my guest. All right, so really one last thought quickly, and this is kind of a personal note also. So I'm coming home yesterday, DJ, and when I get home, I see these guys putting up these twinkle lights around my trees in my front yard. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I go find Janet. I'm like, what's that? And Janet said, well, it's the only, or they could do it that day. So we did it, and I know the community is not in favor of it, and we may have an issue. I'm like, oh, I know we're going to have an issue. Let me ask you this. Having said that, DJ, have you started bumping your Christmas music yet as you're breaking tape? Because we're not to Thanksgiving, and if so, how is that going over in your house in your neighborhood? First of all, Jim, the lights are up. I don't turn them on yet, but they're up. Okay. So they're ready. As soon as the day after Thanksgiving, boom, we fire them up. But they're, they're already up on the house. And if you think I'm not, you know, flying on a Chargers uh, charter flight, listen to Bing Crosby while I'm watching Kenny Pickett, then you just don't know me very well. <laughs> That's what I like, man. And how does that go on that flight? Oh, it's fantastic. You know, everybody's sleeping, everybody's binging shows, and I just got my Christmas tunes. It's like me and Johnny Mathis just uh, watching a little quarterback, doing a little quarterback scouting. Don't you ever change, man, and I know you won't. That's a beautiful thing. He is an NFL Network analyst. He is host of Move the Sticks podcast along with Bucky Brooks. It's a great pod. You can follow him on Twitter, at Move the Sticks. He is a good friend of the program. Daniel, much respect. I appreciate you, dude. Thanks so much. You are the best, Jim. It's like the, my favorite time of the, of the month when I get to hop on with you. You are the best. So let me ask you something, and you tell me, does this sound familiar? You've got that one device that allows you to catch the game live, and then another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends, dads, moms, logging for all the good stuff. Yet, let me tell you a better way, a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without all that hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorite together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports movies and shows in one place that means no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the very best part there is no annual contract Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. The big head, James Kelly, comes in, and he gives you his selections heading into the weekend. It can be pro football, college football, MMA, baseball, basketball, hockey, who knows what? Head, what's cracking? How are you? Jim, I want in on this clone mating thing. What's going on with that? Oh, no kidding. What do you got? Yeah. Do you have an idea? Yeah, I do, actually. How about Rit and Ambie bred the cabination? Rit and Ambie. Mm. Rit Ambie. and Ambie bred, and the result was the cabination. No? Little look? A little similar? A little bit? A little bit. A little bit. I don't think it happened, but uh, way to go. Remember, not... Now that you've done that, remember you have, in terms of, quote, usage rate, one use of the word ass to describe something, all right? All right, got you. All right, so good news, bad news, good news. Good news is you had another winning weekend. Good job, good effort. Mm -hmm. Bad news, you were AWOL, and you left me and the clones hanging by not showing up to work last Friday. I would ask you where the hell you were, head, but I already know. At the bleeping beach. Mm -hmm. I know because you were all up in here flossing hard and posting pics on social. Dude, the only thing worse than abandoning your post (laughs) for your once-a-week on-air segment 
is rubbing our face in it with a beach run. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> by the way, what beach was that? Where were you? Uh, Carmel by the sea. Pebble Beach, man. That, oh, uh, yeah. pretty nice. Pebble pretty nice. Beach. Yeah. Pebble Beach, you're feeling pretty good about you, huh? Hell yes, man. That yeah. ten minute of work uh, week, uh, work week wears on a man. So I need a little time off, Jim. Yeah, you sound tired. Off. You can't even speak. That's incredible. Pebble Beach, man. Glad I asked. Beautiful. You Beautiful. Think, you think you're better than us? You know what you yeah. are. You're the new writ. You're the new writ. <laughs> to quote your idol, Carl Lewis, you better make up for it now. Let me take I'll my shoes off. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, hey, did you just say let me take my shoes off and let's do this? <laughs> What do you make yes, of the old I man did. taking off his mm. shoes and his socks because of his piggies? Dude, it's 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 hand in hand with that guy. And actually, the place I was at last week, they actually knew Garrett Ritt. Somebody asked me where I worked, and they said the first thing, do you know Garrett Ritt? Like, he's some kind of legend, Jim. It was the basketball league this guy plays in, and they were talking him up like Steph Curry shooting the ball and J.J. Redick mix type thing, but a little lazy on defense is what they said about the old man, maybe because his feet hurt. I don't know. Dude, were they Thank serious? You. Were they serious yeah. like he could really shoot it? Like stroke it. Yeah, absolutely. Like like unbelievable how <laughs> well this guy could shoot. You know Garrett Ritt? I'm like, yeah, the old man. They're like, oh, no. Old man could shoot that ball. Game now. on. Wait, you were somewhere in public, and they knew Garrett Ritt. <laughs> First thing they asked me after they asked And they said he has game. And they said he has game. Shooting. Lazy as hell on defense, though. Yeah, and that, that didn't surprise me at all, man. All right. Game on. Let's go ahead and do this. Another right. tough week because this gambling game is hard, dog. Mm. Why don't we start Tampa Bay at Washington? The Bucks are coming off a bye. The WFT essentially treats almost every single week like it's a bye. Old man Tommy is still throwing the hell out of it. And while improved of late, that much-hyped Washington defense has not lived up to it. Bucks to me had win this game easily, but as always, the question is, what is the number and what are you doing with it? You could get minus nine and a half for the Bucks, and I will hit that, Jim. That Washington defense, maybe the most surprising unit in football this year, and that pass rush. They were hyped as a second coming, and yes, they have played better recently, but they have been disappointing all season long. Here they will be busy again. The Bucks throw the ball more than anyone in the NFL with Tommy. And the Washington football team allows more passing yards than anybody. Brady should feast. And this will be the second <laughs> time Tampa has seen that former St. Louis Battlehawk quarterback, Taylor St. Heineke. St. Louis Battlehawks. That guy right there. Dude, how, how many times did you practice that in the mirror before you came on? <laughs> Five or six times, and I okay. nailed it, landed it. Oh, yeah you, yeah, you nailed that, man. Congratulations on being able to utter the phrase St. Louis Battlehawks. You should be very proud. That B trips up on you now. But anyways, I'm hoping they will be able to neutralize his legs a little bit better this time. Against the spread, Tampa Bay is 7-1 and one in their last eight games also following an against-the-spread loss. And Washington is 1-6 in, in their last seven following against the spread loss. Both of these are on play. Brady is also historic fire after a bye and should help his now co-favorite NFL MVP odds. Let's go Bucks minus 9.5. Okay, Bucks minus 9.5 against the WFT. Chiefs at Raiders Sunday. Very interesting matchup. I'm not sure I've ever been less impressed mm -hmm. with a two-game winning streak than I am with Kansas City's. And even though Patrick Mahomes 
finally went an entire game without getting picked. He just does not look anything like the legend that he has been the last few years. And that's no one-off, and that's no aberration either. He has not looked right all season. My question for you, Head, do he and the Chiefs get right in this enormous divisional matchup, or is this essentially who he and they actually are right now? Okay, big, big game. Mm -hmm. What's the number who you got? The number is KC minus two and a half. Patty's off, yes, and so is his team on the field and against the spread here, Jim. I mean really off against the spread, not ass. Historical ass. There's my ass blast. Since week Okay, first nine. of all, you, double, you doubled up on that, all right? I didn't say that was okay. You went it's, ass slash historical ass. Historical ass, man. Week nine of last season. Since then, serial ass. The regular season at one and seven, and this season they are two and seven against the spread. But I'm gonna lay the points. What's more significant, historical ass or serial ass? Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, historical is short time frame. Serial? No, it's not. Is it's historical. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. Yeah. Historical ass this time. Oh. Wow, dude, you're just talking out your historic ass. <laughs> you're talking out your serial ass now, J.K. All right, I so go back to it. What do yep. you got? I'm going to go lay the points here because they keep decreasing. Minus two and a half, I'll do that. Now, Mahomes threw for 166 yards last week against Green Bay. A career low in a game he has uh, completed, but I don't think that's going to happen back-to-back here. He is 5-1 against the Raiders career-wise, throwing 15 touchdowns and three interceptions. And despite Las Vegas' ability to minimize the big plays on defense, as long as Mahomes just stays disciplined, and takes what they give him. I like them to cover that minus two and a half here, Jim. Let's go, Casey. How about those it, interesting matchup. All right, mm-hmm. Chiefs minus two and a half. Big head. Rams, incredibly enough, win the ODB sweepstakes. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I did not see that coming. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie when I say neither did anybody else. Yeah. Not that we didn't already know it, but the Rams are bleeping all in. This could actually work out for him and for them if he just accepts who and what he is Mm -hmm. and accepts his role because every guy there does already. As for the Niners, help me with this. If they could not handle Colt McCoy last week, how are they going to deal with Matthew Stafford, who you know is looking to bounce back after a bad game for him? What's your number? How are you playing that one? I can get the Rams at minus three and a half. I'll hit that. I don't think they, the Rams were all that bad last week. I think you just said it right there. Matthew Stafford was bad against the Titans. He should play better against this defense. San Francisco is allowing over 25 points a game, and people are running the football on them. Yes, it's because the Niners are having to compensate for that horrendous secondary gym, but that's the game plan each week, man. Run it. And they rank 26th overall in allowing 131 yards a game on the ground. Also, I'm hoping Von Miller gets his first start. If he does, they have a backup tackle going against him. But regardless, the 49ers are 0-4 against the spread at home this season. Let's go Rams on the road, minus 3.5. You know, really quickly, sidebar, I think that Von's going to play, but what do I know? I think he will. How about that matchup between Jalen Ramsey and Debo Samuel? How good is that? Physical, man. It's going to be physical as hell. I love it. I love, I love Debo. Both. I, I love, love Debo. I love yep. both those guys. Yep. I, all right. So, now, I'm still in a state of shock, Head. Mm-hmm. at what the Jags did to the Bills last week, which makes this one even tougher for me right now because if you win a game like that and you're the Jags, there is no telling how many nights out Buddy had. Then again, if Buddy, a.k.a. Herb, is out getting lap dances, visiting his grandkids, 
Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, normally when the head coach is getting lap dances, is away from his team, that's horrible. But in this case, it might actually help, right? I don't know. But this much I do know. Carson Wentz is looking more and more like the artist formerly known as Carson Wentz, and Jonathan Taylor is a bleeping stud. What's the number? How are you getting down here? The number is high. The Colts minus 10 at home, and old Buddy cost me some money actually last week. But good thing and why I'm betting against Buddy here is he still hasn't created that 250-250 offense conglomerate he was hoping to do. Jacksonville's, Jacksonville's offense and Trevor Lawrence is not progressing. They are 31st in the league in points per game. Their defense is playing better, but they also allow the 26 most points a game still. That run D is good, and we'll focus on Taylor. So Wentz should have a big game against a team that allows over 72% of their passes to be complete and does not create turnovers. Also, DeForest Buckner should feast on the inside of that Colts D, or I'm sorry, that Jags D, just like Buddy on a bar skank, Jim. Let's go Colts minus 10. Just like Buddy on a bar skank. That's right. I'll allow that. That I will allow that. It was devastating and heartbreaking. All right, so then we've got, this is the big head. We do big head bets every Friday, except when he no-shows so he can hang out in Pebble. <laughs> Depending on who plays, we've got an enormous one at Lambeau. you got Seattle and Green Bay. Russ should be back. Aaron might be back. If they are, you know they'll both be feeling it. Aaron plays well angry and will have most, if not all, of his weapons intact. You know, old Russ will be chomping at the bit. Mm. Hard to project without knowing for sure who is going to go. In fact, one of the sites, Head, one of the Mm. sites that I saw didn't even have a number for that game earlier this morning. Do you have a number, and how are you playing it? I do have a number. It's the Packers minus 3.5, and and I will take Russ and the Seahawks uh, plus 3.5 there. I know that's surprising to some me taking the points. Yep, going to have to go with Russ here. Um, but believe it or not, most of these other games that I'm not taking on the air, I have a lot of the underdogs. Jim, the past two weeks, the underdogs are on a heater. I know, right? 27-1 and one against the spread, and this week I oh. expect a lot of the same. Dude, so stop right there. Fire. Stop right there. Yep. Did you just say the underdogs are 27-1 and one ATS? 27-1 and one against the spread the last two weeks. Now, 4-7, to seven, it wasn't as bad. It was the other way around. But, yes, the last two weeks they are on a heater. All right, so finish the thought about Seattle. Why do you like them? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Russ here in his offense. They, they should be able to run the ball in that Green, Green Bay defense that allows about allows 4.6 yards per attempt. Not sure if Chris Carson or Alex Collins will go, but either should work. And Russ can go at those Green Bay corners. I like that. And Seattle's defense, they have struggled for sure, but they are been not breakish. They allow over 400 yards of total offense, ranking, ranking 31st overall. But our top eight in scoring defense, they also boast a top five red zone D and an overall red zone ball here. Seattle has been a lot better than Green Bay. Seattle. The Seattle offense is ranking second in the NFL in TD percentage down there. The Packers defense are the second worst behind that ass squad in Detroit. Sorry, another hey, 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 hey. All right, so Run now me. you've lost Sorry. next week's ass reference. How's <laughs> so that grab you, Buster? <laughs> Let's go Weird Russ plus three and a half. Dude, did you just Weird Russ him too? Dude, strange dude. Did you love settle him. the hell down, man. Come yes, on, dude. Weird. Come on, man. Come on, yep. come on, come on. Be be responsible. And, and by the way, admit it. How shocked are you? You really thought ODB was going to Green Bay, didn't you? Would have been smart. 
pisses me off if I'm a Packer fan, man. Three guys that could have made a big difference that got him over the hump. Julio Jones in the offseason, if he's healthy. Stephon Gilmore and Odell Beckham Jr. And the Packers got none. Stupid. They got Randall Cobb. All right. They got Randall so Cobb. That was good. Yeah. Lay it out for me once again, top to bottom. Who you got this week, Ed? Tampa, minus 9.5 at Washington. Rams, minus 3.5 at San Fran. Seattle, plus 3.5 at Green Bay. Hey, KC, minus 2.5 in Vegas. Indy, minus 10 against Herb and Jacksonville. Okay, and overall for the season, you're hitting on what, 10%? <laughs> over 60 still, but the last three weeks we're right at that 60 mark. So, My man. We're still over, but over I, 60 right now. Had a boy ahead. Thanks for actually coming to work this week. And put that up on Twitter so I can retweet that for anybody who missed the segment. And nice job. Have a great weekend. Let's get down. Let's make some money, Head. Thanks, Jim. Good job, Head. A little spicy, wasn't he, after missing last week? Hey, dude, th- this is not a gray area. You are allowed one ass reference a week. Don't get carried away. And I saw the way you doubled down. You tried to get two for one when you said they're ass. They're historic ass. Like you were trying to emphasize it. All right. One a week. One a week. Good stuff. Nice job. That's the big head, James Kelly. We do that. And understand that's not just for entertainment value. He really is hitting at at or above 60%. The pros don't do that well. Not in a lot of cases. And I, again, I want to also caution you. Number one, don't play. Don't bet if you can't afford to lose the money. That's number one. And number two, understand if you win more than you lose, that's a win. If you go three and two, if he goes three and two, that's a win. Don't be coming up at us if you go three and two. You should be happy if you're three and two. We're not going 5-0 and every single week. Nobody is. There are some weeks where we will, and then there's some weeks where we'll go 1-4. and So any week that's above 500 is a good week. You need to understand that. All right? One more thing, too. Some of you have been saying, hey, man, I parlayed all this. Have you ever heard us mention a parlay? We don't do that. Stupid I'm not saying we don't do that, but we don't do it on air. So don't parlay all five games. You'd be like, hey, yo, hey, yo, what about this? Did we tell you to do that? No. Take the information, use it responsibly, and you're welcome. The host of the Jim Rome Show, that would be that handsome man there on CBS Sports Radio and CBS Sports Network, the Hall of Famer. My man, JB. So. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Welcome to the jungle. My name is Jim Rome. A very good Monday to you. Back off the New York bender and feeling like a million. What's cracking? All right, lots of program to get to today. Let's get this thing going. Tell Funner Bridge toll free. Man, what a wild, wild, wild NFL weekend. What a wild college weekend. And did I or did I not tell you that that burger would live up to the hype? Yeah, it's Josh Allen intercepting Josh If there was ever a time that somebody deserved a night out, buddy. Get out of Dodge. It's not you. It's your boy, Josh Allen. Am I right? Bill's Mafia. I love you, Bri. But it's about time you push those mega stuffed Oreos away from the table and update that playbook, big guy. He is Jonathan Jones. It was a rough week for Aaron Rodgers. He could have simply said, it's a personal decision. I'm not vaccinated. And yes, he would have had the backlash on August the 26th. And you know what? We as a sports media would have 
moved on to the next thing. We did with Carson Wentz like we did with Lamar Jackson. Play action fake to Chubb in the pocket. Loads up. I see Baker's dad posting video of that and hashtagging everything. Explosive. Tight window. Odell who? How long you out, LeBron? Anymore the second. Why does he not get the respect that he not only deserves but is earned? Oof. That's a tough one. That's a great question, man. I'm not sure why. What about yourself? What do you think? I, I don't know. How about them, Cowboys? <laughs> sucked the power of a man, thousand. that was a team-wide effort. Dropped passes, penalties, muffed block punts, My- and the bigger... Ah, oh, nice, Alvy. My- Jimmy Chadwell. I want to be there for those things that they are going to remember a lot of, and Halloween's one of them. And obviously, I'm raising them right because I'm raising them on the Saved by the Bell and, and those things, so you know I'm getting them in the 80s and 90s. We had a great time. Got some candy, got a little fat on it. And the Pittsburgh Steelers. At least we had fields for a few moments, man. He was electric. But then we remembered who the head coach was. That's 100% scheme, They Brad. were 100% better when you were in the protocol, coach. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs. Try to be that same example, just more on the offensive side of the ball. And I damn sure don't take no shit in practice, so it's a lot of love at the end of the day. Taunting. Defense number The kick. <laughs> Didn't offend me. I've been doing the celebration my whole career. Bro, I've done this my entire career. Easy, LT. Chris Harris Jr. is joining us. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's the challenge of the league, is that every week you got to bring it. That's why you get up and go to work every day, Jim. You got that challenge that you want to be the greatest on the airway, and that's the same thing in the NFL. Jeff Brom. I had a chance to play it, and really was just fortunate. You know, my first couple years, uh, I was on the same team with Jim Tomei and Manny Ramirez, and I probably should have chose that baseball route. Holy b- Jeff, Jaden Ivy with the ball. My dude with the mic. Ivy with the steal. Beautiful dunk. I'm falling out of my chair. Give me him on the mic for every single game. I just wish this guy was here for all the memorable sports moments. How about we go to the Boston Garden? Have a with the steal. You were back to rocking the suit last night, which I love. I'm 100% back to suit and tie. When you coach at UCLA, you're sitting in Coach Wooden's seat. He was suit and tie. You better be suit and tie. My beef, airline flatulence. Freaking gross, man. Can you make it stop? What, sir? What are you referring to? About that guy over there who took a dump in his seat. My beef is pay with check guy. My beef is with unpack it guy. I don't want to see your dog hanging out of your gym shorts. Jaron Hall. Um, I look up to parents everywhere, man. It's amazing what they do and how they raise multiple kids like yourself. You said you got two boys. It's amazing what parents are capable of doing. Who would you like to hear for episode 200? John Elway. John Elway would be a great book. Jeff Hostetler. Jeff Hostetler. Tom Pagnozzi. Tom Pagnozzi for number 200. Pedro Guerrero. Oh, Pedro Guerrero. Troy Nicholas. Troy Nicholas, maybe. Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket would be a great get. We are joined by Draymond Green. People say losing is hard. Like, the feeling of losing sucks, but actually losing is easy. It was hard to deal with, but I prefer winning any day and the stress that comes with that and everything that you put into the game to win. I was, you know, wrestling with one of my side chicks yesterday, right? And, Jim, why do they always catch feelings? Give Gianna the heads up. I'm going to touch base with her today about the Thanksgiving Day menu. Utterly ridiculous. All I want to do is turn on my DVR and I want to watch Jim Rome's show. Daniel, Jeremiah, one of the most underrated movies ever, Trading Places. Solid flick, man. I can see! I can go back and watch that anytime. Jesus. What's more significant, historical ass or serial ass? Yeah, historical is short time frame. What? Cereal no, it's not. It's historical. Now we got something exciting and fun. Oh my goodness! Who loved you, baby? Me and him should have been fighting to death in a 
Coliseum. Please do. I like that. There's an open tryout for kickers. Yeah, yeah, I know. You think Sam Cassell looks like an alien. No, McFadden, no problem. Yeah, likewise. Thank you very much. 11, 11, 11. Lewis Slung Pew. Slung Pew would be a good get. Thank you, Jim. It's always a pleasure and an honor, my friend. Aside from a house or a car, what is the most expensive thing you own? Wendy? A car. Want to hand it over to swimming? Good night now! Good night now!